Welcome to all those listening to the Insight Through Experience podcast, a podcast created for both the operators in OTC as well as operators in external units thinking about joining the organization. In these podcasts, we're going to be bringing you some highly successful operators, leaders, and training specialists who will be revealing their tools, tips, and techniques to help you achieve peak levels of performance. Now, sit back, take some notes, and use their experience as stepping stones for your personal success. You are listening to the Insight Through Experience podcast. Welcome back to the Insight Through Experience podcast, everybody. It is good to be back, and I'm glad you have joined us for another week. I'm excited to bring you this one. We are interviewing strength coach Evan Krenning. Evan has been with us for a few years, and he started out as an athletic trainer when he got here, and he's since moved over to the strength side, which I would argue is probably, uh, you can tell he enjoys it a little bit more, but don't be confused. He was a great athletic trainer, and he can still insert that into his strength coaching as well, which makes him even more dominant when it comes to training guys for peak performance. In today's podcast, we're going to be covering similar subjects of selection and OTC and get Evan's take on things like injuries, how best to prepare for selection, what a daily battle rhythm should look like during OTC on the human performance side, and a bunch of other topics and subjects that he will uh, enlighten us with some uh, masterful knowledge from a guy who's, who's done it for a few years here now. So go ahead and sit back, take some notes, and enjoy this interview with Coach Evan. All right, we're live. Good morning, Evan. Good morning. All right, Evan, if you would, give us a quick background about how you ended up here professionally. Um, so I'm from Colorado. Um, went to school there for undergrad, uh, for athletic training, actually. After finishing that up, I went and started doing... I did an internship with Exos down in Phoenix to kind of get my um, kind of ground level strength and conditioning experience um, before I headed to grad school out in California, uh, again for athletic training. Um, worked with the athletics program at um, San Jose State. Um, after leaving there, started doing some more internships with strength and conditioning because I didn't really think athletic training was going to be for me. Uh, It's kind of a unique career, so. um, Why do you say that? What's unique about it? You have to really, really love it. Not that I didn't love it, but just you're working, depending on what season it is, you're working 60, 80, 100 hour weeks all season long. You get, let's see, I worked volleyball and from July to Thanksgiving, I think I had a half day off, maybe a day and a half. And so it's just pretty grueling because you're there an hour before the team, you're there an hour after the team, and you're on call all the time. So after that, I was like, all right, I want to kind of focus more on strength and conditioning. Started interning. I interned at Wake Forest. I interned at Wyoming, the University of Wyoming. Um, And then I interned at uh, the University of Northern Colorado while I was at 
Wake Forest University, the uh, staff, the HP staff at the time from here had come over to just kind of observe, kind of an offsite thing. Um, and the coach I was working with there, uh, Coach Horgan, said, I think you should probably go talk to them. Why did he look at you and say you should go talk to these guys? He, I mean, I was the only intern there that was working for free with a master's degree and multiple certifications. And I think uh, he was a guy who, when if you busted your, you know, your tail for him, he was gonna take care of you. And so, I think he saw that as an opportunity for me. And um, he's still been, you know, a close contact and kind of mentor for me. So I. Uh, I continue to stay in touch with him, and he always wants to do what's best for you. Uh, d- describe the difference between an AT and a PT. Uh, an athletic trainer is going to be more your acute care. Um, they're the ones you see on the sideline running on the field whenever something goes down. Um, a lot of times, especially like at your high schools, they're the only one there. So, like. There's no strength coach. There's no outside PT. Maybe there's a doctor on standby, but usually they're there to be the first responder. They're assessing, treating, rehabbing, um, preventing to some extent through whatever taping or bracing measures that may or may not work. Um, a PT is going to be more your doctor level, um, way more in depth on the rehab side. Um, they don't necessarily have the uh, kind of that straight acute care that an athletic trainer would, but they're they, they dive way more deeper into the the treatment and rehab side of things. So going back to you were working with athletes, and then you had the chance to come work with military, not just military, but soft in general, special operations forces. What drew you to that? Somebody that never thought that they could maybe enlist and actually um, give back in that way. Um, I thought this was a way that I could kind of do my part. I've thought about this a lot. And the question, I guess, that comes up is, what's the difference as you start programming for a tactical athlete or if that was a football player sitting in there that you're programming for? um, What's the main difference? The, The biggest difference is... When you're taught like um, basic programming, you're always looking at their um, their seasons, right? So you know you're training to peak them preseason going into football season or whatever. Um, so you can just work backwards from there. You know how many months you have. You know how many days you have. Um, when you get here, it's a season that's all year long for ever (laughs) and so you have to be cognizant of their training kind of cycle and know you know when they're going to be a little more stressed when they're going to be able to train a little harder and push themselves Uh, maybe there's times where they're just going to have to maintain and you can sometimes you can maybe say you're liking it to a professional model where you're just you know okay they made it here we know that they're you know at the top of their game but we gotta make sure they don't break yeah and each guy's 
you don't really have them corralled like you would a football team, I would guess, yeah. either. So you're dealing with personalities, you're dealing with preferences, and you're having to balance all that to make them ready to perform maybe tomorrow. And even if you get something kind of going with a guy, you could be like, all right, I'm here for two weeks and then I'm gone for two months. Okay. <laughs> let's, you know, get, let's get you moving the way you need to move so you understand what right feels like. And then when you're gone, we can communicate as best we can over, you know, written communications and uh, try and try and keep you going down the right path. While we're here, what technology are you guys using now to help bridge that gap of them being gone a lot? So our, our main thing right now is we're using a platform um, to deliver the programs to the guys. Uh, that was always kind of hard for us working straight off Excel workout cards that you see in most weight rooms. This will let us uh, send it to them uh, wherever and they can, there's a, uh, the ability to, for us to record movements so that they can see what the exercise is that we're talking about. We can put in cues and everything. Plus, their numbers get um, uploaded and sent back to us so we can track them um, from there. We're also using another system that they can uh, implement daily wellness questionnaires so we can check in on them soreness-wise, injury-wise, sickness-wise. Um, that feeds into PT as well so they can keep track of any guys and they're flagged whenever um, something kind of pops out as far as soreness or an injury and we can kind of proactively attack that. In a world that's traditionally closed-minded about uh, maybe some digging into some wellness and, and adopting new technology to get better, and I'm talking about operators because I was one, and, man, we're really hard to get on board some things. How has it been? Uh, have you seen the progression? Uh, I think we're getting there. It was. It's, you know, it's another thing that they have to worry about, and they don't want to worry about um, anything they don't have to. But I think they've started to see the benefit because we – if you just give them something, they're not going to do it. But if I – give them something and I explain to them and like, I'm going to be watching this so I can better take care of you. Cause that's the only reason I'm here. Uh, I think they, they can see that you're trying and they're going to put a little bit more into it. Um, especially with the, the wellness stuff. It's not like this isn't us keeping you from doing your job. It's us making sure you continue to do your job. Yeah, exactly. We've been pushing that message of uh, it used to be don't go see them because they're going to get you off status too. Now, if you don't go see them, uh, you're probably going to be off status because you didn't go see them. Looking at selection, and let's focus in on that a little bit. So since you've been here, uh, and I know you've been a part of a lot of them, what are some of the things you start noticing about uh, the candidates over the last few years that stand out in your mind? Um, because I've been on both the, cause I started out as an athletic trainer here, but before moving over to strength, I, I've been able to do a lot of our, uh, our orthopedic screening. And, um, so I've seen kind of both sides. I feel those screens, um, don't take us as long cause we're not having to go through mounds and mounds of injuries on guys i feel like it's getting better 
know, every, every guy's going to have something that happens. It's just what happens with the job. But um, we're not dealing with years and years of compounding injuries that they've never had looked at or never worked on. And, you know, you have all the chronic stuff from not doing, like I said, the, uh, the any kind of corrective exercise that's specific to them or at least specific to the population. Um, now guys understand basic um, mobility, stability, things that they can all be doing. Um, seems like we're getting a little bit more of an athletic population too. For guys who are going to come up to selection, like we've got a whole crop coming in October, and possibly by next year we may be running three or four selections a year, just not two. What are some of those things that you could offer to the, to the guys prepping to come up here that would serve them well as they're going through the process? I think one consulting your HP staff like I've met a majority of them and I know they're all awesome um, they all know what they're doing we're all on the same page uh, as far as wanting to take care of take care of the dudes um, consult them they'll be able to get you on the right track Make sure you're using all of the pillars too available to you. Don't just, you know, don't just hit up the strength coach and assume you're going to be good. If you have the ability to go talk to, we're lucky we have a sports psych, but um, uh, any kind of nutrition so you know, you know, how to feel yourself during the process. Uh, PT, how to keep yourself going during it. Um, and then, obviously, the strength coach is going to get you prepped physically, but being able to know that it's going to be hard, but being able to recover um, mentally and physically and get ready to go again is going to be huge. So let me put this question and I'll pose it to you. So Evan's coming up to selection and Evan knows everything about selection that he currently, all that knowledge you currently possess what part of your body or what parts of your body are you focusing on if you're those candidates? If I know everything? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be making sure my spine's in good shape. My, my core is where it needs to be as far as being able to brace. My grip is good to go. And, um, you know, my aerobic base is solid. The other thing is just making sure you're able to go through all those fundamental movement patterns, your squats, your hinges, everything else, um, as best you can without pain, because that's the derivative of every movement you're going to see. And if you can't do that effectively, either uh, biomechanically or energy system wise it's going to be a long you know few days that's why i wanted to ask you the question the expert because a lot of guys as they come up and you see them not performing very well physically uh just a couple of scratches of the paint and you find out that they didn't use their strength coach or their hp assets they thought they could program them their own preparation and it did it usually very rarely turns out well for them uh, so I think to the audience and guys who are coming up here, 
what Evan just said is critical. Don't take it on yourself. Get some experts involved and take the knowledge that he just gave you because what he just told you is the secret to being physically prepared. Evan, like uh, a lot of people hear a lot of things about the, the process and grip um, is one of those things that a lot of guys would get aggravated with me after selection and say, why didn't somebody tell us to work on grip? How do you work on grip and to what level do they need to be prepared? I think it can be a daily thing that's just part of your workouts, uh, making sure you're working your different kinds of grip, you know, your pinch and your crush and everything else, um, both just for straight strength and for endurance, so load over under time or overtime. Um, if you just do that, I think you're covering most of what you need to do. Just make it a regular thing where it's just part of the workout. Still progressing, but just part of the workout. Evan's coming to selection. It's the week before selection. What is your program and look? How do you tailor it? Or uh, yeah, how do you tailor it for what's coming up, and how you taper it off as day one approaches? Um, so week out, definitely start tapering the volume. Um, if I'm Still loading heavier, that may be okay, but the volume is probably the biggest thing that we need to start dropping. Um, you can still continue to work kind of that long, slow uh, cardiac output stuff just because that's going to help you recover. Um, so that's staying in those heart rate zones, 120 to 150 is what I have guys at. Um, that's going to help with recovery and sleep. So coming into this, um, Sleep-wise, trying to bank as much sleep as you can. Um, and then just starting to... Uh, making sure I'm eating right coming in. I'm hydrating right coming in. Um, so I set myself up for the best possible outcome physically. I see a lot of overuse injuries, uh, especially around the knees. Uh, anything from your experience that guys could work on to overcome some of that I mean, we're gonna we're gonna push them hard there's no doubt but it always seems like the guys who prepared correctly um, usually don't suffer a lot of those overuse injuries and the guys who didn't are gonna it's, it's just gonna add to your suffering super generically probably ankle mobility and hip strength or stability I could 80% accuracy probably say that it was one of those two, and I've seen, um, I've seen some acute stuff, but yeah, it's mainly just if you're if you're doing anything repetitively for hundreds of thousands, however many steps, and you're doing it inefficiently, or you get kind of micro trauma every micro trauma every step, then what do you think is going to happen when you're not recovered and not sleeping and you know just in a state of uh, high sympathetic stress evan's been out to a few x fields where he actually walks with us and he assesses a candidate when they start having um some pain in in some place a lot of times knees but i don't want to put words in your mouth evan through those experiences what are some of the injuries that you've witnessed what level of severity were they and were the candidates able to continue it's kind of been a variety um We've had some knee, like, actual structural issues, which I'm 
some of that I'm not sure how it happened or when it happened, but um, we're like, yeah, we should probably pull this guy. But the kind of the XFIL is a perfect place for an athletic trainer because as an athletic trainer, when somebody goes down on the field, especially maybe a star player, um, you go out there and the coach is next to you and the coach is standing, can they go or can they, can't they? And it's you like, yeah, I'm cool with them pushing through or no, they can't. And so this is the one place where an athletic trainer's pretty um, in their environment where, uh, yeah, they rolled it. Yeah, I'll tape them. Yeah, they're good to go if they are willing to good to go or willing to go. Moving over to OTC, uh, give me your overall impression about the course from the time you've been here. Most of OTC was my first exposure to anything. Um, I was originally assigned to them as the athletic trainer, so I went on a lot of the trips, um, treated most mornings, um, and now I'm helping train them. Uh, I feel like the cadres help. Uh, as we progressed, the cadres trusted us more and more, where it's less of a where I would feel like a coach athletic trainer relationship and more of a, you know, partnership where they trust what we're saying and, um, they consult us a lot. Um, so it's become more, we're just a part of it. They know what they need to get done and that's what they're going to get through. But, um, we're integrated as much as, um, anybody is, which is pretty awesome. Knowing what you know about what they go through in training, uh, like right now they've been going for about a month, uh, pretty hard on the body thus far. What are some of the keys to keeping those guys healthy? I think going into it, you need to know that you're not going to come out of it as strong and, you know, conditioned as you were going in because it's you're not going to have time. It's too intensive. Um, so accepting that and knowing, and just trying to get, you know, your basic maintenance stuff in. Um, if you can get in three days a week and hit your major lifts just to sustain, you're going to be okay. Um, maintaining that aerobic base because that's going to help you recover. It's going to help you sleep, which is going to be huge. I feel that OTC is going to be a spot where you're going to get a lot of the overuse stuff just because you're having to drill stuff so often so knowing your body um, through working with the PTs and us and just addressing all those uh, dysfunctions daily in the hotel room or whatever because um, you know you're going to have to grind it out to an extent um, imagine Evans going through OTC right now uh, imagine that you're at the CQB phase that they're in um, up at the training location where they're at what does Evan's day look like from the time you wake up to prepare for training and then after training's over, what's Evan doing? And maybe even what's Evan doing during training? The mornings would probably be trying to get, again, try and get in those core lifts quick, get in, get out, maybe get in 20 minutes of aerobic stuff, um, get prepped, head to the site. Um, before we begin, try and get... Um, like for me specifically, working on some uh, shoulder stuff and upper back stuff before I throw kit on because I know that's going to crush me. Um, start in on the day, maybe throughout the day. Um, 
working with our sports psych, Ben, who um, who's going to be up there and watching every run and uh, seeing what he can do to kind of help me focus, shift my attention where it needs to be, and you know, downregulate when I need to downregulate. We finish up the day, head back, try and recover in the the hotel room using whatever. Uh, down regulation methods, whether it's breathing or, um, you know, whatever to help me, uh, get back in that parasympathetic, uh, state so I can actually sleep because these guys have a hard enough time sleeping as is now we're throwing a intensive course on them. So, um, sleep so that the next day mentally and physically they're ready to go again. Since Coach Curtis has kind of taken over the strength position for OTC, explain that relationship that you see with him and the green team operators. And I would classify it as successful because I think it's just John's personality that gets in there. But explain that from your vantage and why you think it is or is not successful. John is very good at relating to guys. Um, Guys trust him guys can be comfortable with him which is good especially with otc because guys can come up to john and tell them how they're actually feeling and john's going to adjust on the fly um he's one of the better coaches that can make that adjustment quick the you know he's been doing this long enough that that quote-unquote art of coaching is um just innate to him um so that we're not just, all right, this guy's, you know, having troubles at home or sick or injured or whatever. I'm just going to, now I'm going to load him under a bar. Uh, he'll adjust, you know, if it's uh, completely taking him out of training for the day, if it's adjusting training for the day, or um, if it's just dudes needing to talk to him before just to kind of unload before starting in on stuff and maybe maybe dude's not doing well but we're just going to do an hour of arms today because that's what that guy needs to you know kind of calm down and reset he's going to do it big buys never hurt big arms Mm -hmm. i think what you're saying and i hope that it resonates with the audience that the trust that has been engendered now amongst guys like you and curtis with the debt one Leadership with the cadre staff of Manish Y'all's call on what the guy does today. There's no like, this is the plan this week and you're going to do it no matter how you feel. But now it's a training regimen to where we're trying to make each guy the best version of himself. And if that means taking the day off so you can train harder, then that's what we're going to do. And everybody trusts y'all to make that decision. So ultimately, you guys, they are like the pro football team. Every resource we have is focused on making them the best that we can make them helping them recover, helping their families, helping all of it so they can be the best when it's time to operate. Yeah, and I said this a couple times in, like, our staff meetings and stuff, but kind of the mantra I go by as far as coming into work every day, like, I feel like I need to come to work every day um, excited and a little nervous that what I do today could, you know, potentially make a guy a second faster or able to move 
and get to cover quicker and, you know, potentially save a life or not. So that's how, you know, how much it means to me. I like it. And we've had some beasts come through lately. What are some of the traits that you've seen in those guys that made them successful, do you think, from your vantage? I think the guys that excel on our side um, are the guys, you know, you have the guys that don't want to do what you give them or the guys that want to do way more than you give them. But the guys that just stick to the plan and trust the process are the guys that get the strongest and go the furthest, at least in the gym, and uh, stand off the treatment table. Uh, with kind of that overtraining mindset sometimes with guys where unless I'm puking and crawling out of the gym, I didn't work that day. Uh, those guys don't necessarily uh, excel and stay as healthy as the dudes that just stick to the plan, trust the plan, and when it comes time, uh, you're going to be good to go without us worrying about you. Are the guys who are doing too much and not following the plan, Do you ever? is there ever a correlation between them and you're like, yeah, like there's, it doesn't surprise me he's not doing well? Uh, in the past, maybe we've had guys that maybe don't stick to the plan, and then you talk to Cadre, and they're also the ones that are harder to teach or coach um, because it's the same. We're coaching them. The Cadre's coaching them. Um, if you're if you're not somebody that's coachable, it's going to probably translate over to the training course itself too. That's a great point. I hope everybody heard that that's coming up to a future OTC or either guys in OTC right now. If if you're not coachable, it's going to show up more than just an OTC training. It's going to it's going to have reverberations at other places as well. All right, so I, I ask, do you agree or disagree with this statement? I don't think ST or RQS or either this unit specifically has a working out problem. I think we have a recovery problem. Oh, yeah. It's, and by the time you get here, it's compounded over years and years. Yeah, and and there's no off ramp, ever. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all have a tough job. Last question: What does Evans' normal day look like Monday through Friday here at the organization? Like, go through it. Me time personally? you get here. Uh, what time do you get up? What time do you get here? What are you doing? When do you go home? I get up at about 3.15, eat, get prepped, uh, head in, get here about 4.15, That's when I get the most of my programming done and any email stuff I need to get taken care of. Get my workout in before dudes start rolling in. Dudes start rolling in. Keeps getting earlier now. It's 5.36. Train guys till about 10. Then I start getting the injured guys coming in um, so they can kind of be outside the normal uh, chaos. Train them till about noon. Maybe get some conditioning in and then try and finish out whatever programming stuff or put out any fires. Um, And then head out about anywhere between 2.30 and 4.30. And then I... You can go to bed. <laughs> what is uh, when you leave this place? When are you most satisfied? What happened that day? 
when I have guys, if I see a guy, a couple of situations, like if I see a guy, you know, PRing or doing a movement where he's hurt, every time he's done this in the past, he just feels like crap and it hurts. But seeing a guy either PR on a lift or get a lift that feels good, like teaching a guy to clean, because you have so many people that have tried to do a clean before through CrossFit or whatever, and it's just kind of throwing the bar around, but like seeing them feel it and like you see it kind of clicking them, like, oh, sweet, I did that. Um, the other thing is guys that have gotten injured especially the guys gotten injured, like downrange, um, seeing them come in and progress and feel better, or, you know, see them kind of smiling and getting back to the, who they were pre, pre, uh, pre-injury. That's pretty, that feels pretty good. I know I'm pretty biased for our guys and like when things go well for them, like I feel proud. So yeah, as well, you should, all right, man. It was really good. Uh, informational for me, and I'm here every day, uh, so I know it's going to be really informational. A lot of good tips for th- folks about thinking about coming up here and even guys in OTC just hearing Evan's experience come out in one place. I appreciate you being here, buddy. Yeah, for sure. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Evan just dropping some knowledge on us today. and. From a guy who's been here as long as I have and watched the entire evolution of all of these processes, uh, just hearing it from an expert like Evan on how to prepare for selection and his, you know, he's looking from a different vantage point. He is outside the fish tank kind of looking in and trying to give us the right answers. So some takeaways today for those planning to come up here. Like if you come up unprepared physically, there's no excuse at that point because Evan just gave you all the answers. And then if you're an OTC Uh, figuring out how to prepare and do your daily battle rhythm so you can at least stay in the fight physically. He also gave those answers. So use those to your benefit, fight for your peak performance, and we will see you next week on the Insight Through Experience podcast.